0: The United States has recently shifted its policy regarding Israeli settlements, marking increased support for the Jewish nation in its historic homeland. What significance does this change have for our lives today? Find out on today's episode of A View from the Wall.
1: Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor, Joe Kerr, with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen.
0: This is A View from the Wall. Welcome to this special edition of A View from the Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs, joined by my co-host Joe Kerr, who joins us today from Jerusalem in Israel. In today's program, we'll speak with U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. update us on the recent american policy change regarding the israeli settlements and what they mean for you secretary pompeo was sworn in as secretary of state on april 26 2018 and previously served as director of the central intelligence agency he has served as a four-term congressman in the fourth district of kansas graduated first in his class from the u.s military academy at west point and graduated from harvard law school after leaving active duty in the military a true American leader and hero, we are honored to have him with us now. Secretary Pompeo, welcome to A View from the Wall.
2: It's wonderful to be with you all. Thanks for that very kind introduction. And uh, I look forward to our conversation today.
0: Well, thank you. And many of our listeners have heard the announcement of the Israeli settlement change. This turning point specifically notes the U.S. declares that Israeli settlements on occupied Palestinian land are not necessarily illegal. This is a major break from international law that is generally sided with the Palestinian people on this issue. Summarize for us, if you would, the significance of this change for those who may be unfamiliar with the topic.
2: So now a couple weeks back on uh, 18th of November, uh, the State Department announced a reversal of the Obama administration's approach towards Israeli settlement. Uh, You you know the long history, uh, and we know what subsequent administrations have done as well. And so we right. want to take a fresh look at this. We wanted to, uh, Secretary Kerry, my, pred- my uh, predecessor's predecessor, on the way out, made a set of decisions here, and we wanted to go relook that. So we did. It took us a, a bit uh, to work our way through it. But ultimately, after studying all sides of the debate, we agree with President Reagan that the establishment of Israeli civilian settlements in the West Bank are not, per se, inconsistent with international law. We think that's really important on multiple fronts. I'm happy to talk about why. We believe it's important, but we're confident that we have it right, and we're confident that this increases the likelihood that we can one day resolve uh, the conflict between uh, Israel and the people that are living in the West
3: Bank. Secretary Pompeo, as we look at the specific applications uh, of this Israeli settlement policy change, how could this impact Israel, especially those living in the settlements in those disputed areas?
2: More importantly, uh, Israeli courts have handled this uh uh idea of what's lawful and what's unlawful for an awfully long time it, it it need not be the case that uh this is tried to settle from the outside and international law doesn't require that and that's a that was the statement that we made that it is not by necessity per se inconsistent with international law based on the very unique facts and history of this uh precious land and so uh those who are living there uh will see that uh, now the United States posture is different. We we recognize that Israeli courts have ruled some settlements as unlawful. They've made conclusions that others were not, uh, and that the international law doesn't require every settlement to be deemed unlawful under national law, international law. And that that's important uh, because we think this will create the political space for the ultimate resolution. In the end, uh, it's not going to be courts and uh, mandates from international organizations that drive this right outcome. It's going to be a political resolution between the parties that will get the outcome that I know uh, Israel so richly deserves. And so um, by the United States doing this, by us taking this position, we think it creates the political space that increases the likelihood that there is a resolution, a political resolution of this challenge.
0: Well, I know that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has praised this change regarding the Israeli settlements, and he stated, and I quote, this policy reflects an historical truth that the Jewish people are not foreign colonists in Judea and Samaria. In fact, we are called Jews because we are the people of Judea. And this is not the first change during the Trump administration to support Israel. And I would like you to take a moment to share some of the other recent developments in American Israeli relations for our audience today.
2: Well, the decision we made is, as the Prime Minister said, based on facts, reality, uh, history, right. uh, the circumstances that are presented in this land. Uh, uh, as a Christian, um, I, I appreciate the importance uh, of these this special place, Jerusalem and uh, Judea and Samaria. Uh, two two things. Uh, each decision that the United States has made with respect to Israel has been based on that same set. Of facts and history and circumstances, whether it was uh, the recognition recognition of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, whether it was the decision we made about the status of the Golan Heights, uh, the executive order that was issued last week with respect to anti-Semitism, or this issue with respect to uh, the international status of settlements. Uh, Each of those is, is an analysis of the reality and the importance of this place and what the facts on the ground demand. President Trump has been, if anything, incredibly clear in our foreign policy about not having a foreign policy that is about wishes and hopes, but rather a pragmatic, realistic view of reality. And our support for Israel reflects that strongly.
3: As part of your announcement, you've called on the Israel and the Palestinian Authority to meet, and you noted that they suggested you should find a solution that promotes and protects the security and welfare of Israelis and Palestinians alike, added, this is a complex political problem that can only be solved by negotiations between Israelis and Palestinians. So the obvious question, what is the next step?
2: I hope it will be just that uh, the parties have to have leaders that are prepared to do uh, things that are difficult. uh, But more importantly, they need to be prepared to engage in a set of conversations that lead to what you just described. But the hard truth is that there won't be a judicial resolution of this conflict. Arguments about who's right, who's wrong, as a matter of international law, aren't going to get peace. It's a complex political problem, only resolvable to the Israelis and the Palestinians. We're, we, the United States, committed to help facilitating that. We'll do what we can, uh, and we do. We encourage the Israelis and Palestinians to work together. Uh, the outcome will ultimately have to lead. Uh, for a security situation for Israel uh, that is uh, adequate, tolerable, acceptable, and provides that level of security that you can have a long-term resolution. The, the same need be said about the uh, Palestinians. It needs to be an outcome that the Palestinian people uh, benefit from. Uh, and we've seen uh, the first part of the proposal that this administration has put forward about a brighter future, uh, economic future, for the people that are living in Uh, in the West Bank. We we hope that we can move forward. Uh, We hope that the Israelis and the Palestinians will begin these conversations in earnest, and we look forward to the moment that we get the ultimate resolution that I know know the world is seeking.
0: We hope you've been enjoying our conversation with Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. We'll be right back with more on A View from the Wall.
1: From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. In 1 Corinthians 15, we read that victory is promised, but it's not because of our wisdom or strength. Jesus is the victor. We stand in His strength. We share in His victory. 2 Chronicles 20.15 reads, Do not fear or be dismayed, for the battle is not yours, but God's. This is good news, for it means that it's not up to you. God wants you to do your part and promises to do His. What does God expect from watchmen on the front lines? God is looking for purity, not perfection. He's looking for service over strength. He's looking for character over competence, activity over ability, and wisdom over wealth. Give God your best. Trust in Him, and you will live well and finish well for His glory. Be bold, be faithful, be a watchman. I am a watchman.com.
0: Welcome back to View from the Wall. This is Dylan and Joe, along with U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Not everyone was excited about this new announcement regarding the Israeli settlements. For instance, in The Guardian, there was a report that said the European Union's foreign policy chief, Federica Mogherini, said the EU policy on Israeli settlements is clear and remains unchanged, that all settlement activity is illegal under international law, and it erodes the viability of the two-state solution and the prospects for a lasting peace. Now, I want you to quote for a minute just what criticisms you face following this announcement and what is being done to perhaps address them at this point.
2: So two, two points. First, the uh, the legal analysis that uh, the EU performed, we just think is wrong. Uh, we think they have an improper analysis of the international law surrounding this. So as the technical legal matter, uh, Ms. Mogherini, she's just wrong. Uh, And so we are doing our level best to uh, demonstrate to them our our legal theory, our understandings and why it is uh, that we're convinced that under international law, these settlements are not per se illegal. So we're working that element of it as well. Uh, But at another level, and perhaps at the level that will lead to the right outcome, which is why we did this, um, this has to be resolved through political means. And we hope that all nations, uh, including Uh, member nations inside of the EU and the EU itself and countries all over the world will come to recognize the fundamental rights that the Israeli people have to this land, to this space, their real security needs, the risk that is presented from the world as anti-Semitism is on the rise. We, We hope that every nation will recognize that and weigh in on this conflict in a way that is constructive, that will ultimately lead to the peace that is so desperately needed. And so I just I'll add only this. I watch I watch the EU uh, statements on this, and I I just want to make sure that they, too, are focused on the right thing, which is the political resolution that will lead to an outcome that creates peace for the Palestinians and security and peace for the Israelis as well.
3: As Christians, we recognize Israel as the homeland of Jesus, as well as the location of many key events of our faith. I'm actually calling in from Jerusalem. I'm in Jerusalem today. So it's been especially important this week as we've spent time seeing some of those places. What are some ways we can encourage and motivate Christians to personally pray for and encourage peace in Israel? How can we get them to do that?
2: Well, first of all, I'm envious. Uh, it's an amazing, important, historic, and holy city. I've had the incredible privilege to go there. I've, I've traveled there with my wife and son too to see the historic sites of my faith. Uh, as you're doing this week, uh, is always something special. I would encourage, uh, I would encourage Americans who have the opportunity to go see those places and to experience uh, our Christian tradition, uh, the reality of where Jesus walked would be something I would encourage every American to take the opportunity to do. Second, uh, I just ask uh, everyone to pray uh, that there will be a political resolution to this conflict. Uh, The Israeli people, uh, the democracy in the Middle East, uh, deserve the security and peace that will come from that political resolution. And we brook no ill will to the Palestinians. We want them to have a better life as well. We want a solution that will work for uh, their sustained peace, and economic prosperity as well.
0: Well, we appreciate that response. And even in our news this week, there have been issues regarding anti-Semitic events here in the United States. It continues to be an issue in Europe and throughout the West and North America. And we urgently oppose and work to stand against anti-Semitism in our work with American Christians. If you would take a moment to share what is being done in the Trump administration to oppose anti-Semitism at this time.
2: So it's a broad ranging effort Uh, that just last week, there was an executive order that the president signed that is aimed squarely at pushing back against the boycott defenseman movement, the BDS movement that is taking place uh, on our college campuses and across America uh, that is truly harmful uh, to the people of Israel and often has deep anti-Semitic overtones as well. Uh, We're working, I have have an ambassador named Elon Carr who travels the world, working on projects to speak to, address, uh, to call out anti-Semitic activity and to do his level best to create institutions, uh, whether that's our partner governments or non-governmental organizations that are expressly aimed at protecting uh, people of all faiths, but certainly including those who are Jewish and want to practice their faith. Uh, without the, the, the risk uh, that there will be anti-Semitic activity to take place. We have an obligation to try and do that here in the United States. I know the President has spoken to this uh, very directly, and our team at the State Department uh, speaks and works on this issue often as we travel the world.
0: Well, Secretary Pompeo, we appreciate you and your work on behalf of all Americans, as well as the administration's support of Israel. And the the discussion today has highlighted that very well. We want to thank you for joining us today on our episode of A View from the Wall.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Bless you all. Have Have a great day.
3: Bless
0: you as well. Thank you. Stick with us here on A View from the Wall. We'll be right back with more right after this.
1: No one goes to an adventure movie and leaves before the climactic ending, but that's exactly what many people do with the Bible. Author and animator, Todd Hampson. Revelation is the most neglected book of the Bible, but it's the one book that explicitly says you will be blessed if you read it and study its words. My new book, The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Revelation, features original artwork, including comic strips, easy to understand charts, illustrations, infographics, and more. The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Revelation is literally fun to read, and it will help you to understand all of the key features of the Bible's final book. Todd produces comically illustrated books and products that help readers consider the claims of Bible prophecy in order to face today with a sense of joy, courage, clarity, and purpose. The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Revelation is his latest, and it's available in the bookstore at IAmAwatchman.com. The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Revelation. It's the easiest way to understand the hardest book of the Bible.
0: Thank you for joining us at A View from the Wall. I'm Dylan Burrows, along with co-host Joe Kerr. Joe, that was quite an opportunity being able to interview the U.S. Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo. What stood out to you the most during our conversation together today?
3: I love that he looks at the world, not just professionally, as... A representative of this country to other countries but as a christian looks at all of the people in the same way that the palestinians have certain rights responsibilities and freedoms, as do the Israelis, as do Americans, and any others. I love that he addressed that directly and didn't back away from it.
0: Yes, well, this is an important conversation that we certainly wanted our listeners to hear. And if you haven't been watching the news, I certainly encourage you to check out more about the information regarding this Israeli settlements issue. Simply put, this allows Israel the opportunity to make its own decisions in the courts regarding what happens in these disputed territories, showing further support from the American administration for Israel and its divine homeland. So a very important issue for us as Christians in supporting the Jewish people, and it's certainly an important development when it comes to Bible prophecy as well. We know from Bible prophecy that Israel is spoken of as being in its land, and this is something that we continue to see unfolding before us as we speak. So, Joe, as we wrap up today, uh, why don't we take just a couple of moments to pray for the peace of Israel, like it tells us in Psalm 1:22-6, and then also to take a moment to pray for our governing leader and lift them up during this difficult time in our culture's history.
3: Let's do that. Father God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to represent the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, as people hear this recording and they sense the heartbeat of this country as represented in the people that we pray for who lead us, God, we pray indeed for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for the people who walk the streets here, people that I see and pass by and talk to and hear their heartbeat and hear their stories. God, they are souls in need of redemption, no different from any other place on the planet. But God, we pray in Jesus name, specifically for this country and for these people and for their
0: salvation. Amen. Thank you, Joe. We hope you enjoy the rest of your visit in the Holy Land. I want to briefly share in this segment some material from a recent article I wrote answering the question, how should Christians view Israel? We know supporting Israel has often been a controversial view. For example, many Palestinian uh, people or the Arab nations surrounding Israel do not even accept Israel as a nation. Western nations often support Palestinians over Israel, while many simply do not understand the debate. But the Bible offers many ways in which Christians should view Israel. Though not a perfect nation, it is a land God has chosen to bless in a special way. And I want to share some principles that offer strong biblical reasons for Christians to support the Jewish nation. The first principle I want to share is God's ongoing promise to bless Abraham's descendants. And this is found in Genesis 12, where God chose to bless Abraham. He said, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This blessing became more specific over time as a blessing to his son Isaac, Isaac's son Jacob, and the sons of Jacob, who would make up the twelve tribes of Israel. One important consideration is that this blessing is unconditional. Despite the flaws of Abraham's descendants through Isaac and Jacob, God promised to make them into a great nation to give Abraham a great name, and to bless those who bless Israel while cursing those who curse them. In addition, we see this promise has no expiration date, so while some aspects of Jewish history and law were only applicable to certain eras, this promise to bless Israel is ongoing. A second principle we see is that Israel stands as the land of the Messiah, We mentioned this in our interview earlier, but for Christians, the Messiah Jesus, or Yeshua in Hebrew, is central to our faith. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, a town in Israel. He was raised in Nazareth, a town in Israel. Jesus ministered throughout Israel. He died in Israel, resurrected in Israel, and ascended in Israel. If for no other reason, Christians should support the land of Israel because it served as the birthplace and home of our Lord Jesus. A third principle to consider is that many of the Bible's events took place in Israel. The Jewish people first lived in Israel in large numbers following the time Joshua led the Israelites across the Jordan River on dry land to enter its inheritance. The books of Joshua through the final book of the Old Testament list numerous places and events that took place among God's people in the land of Israel. Still today, those who travel to Israel can visit locations associated with King David, Solomon, the prophet Jeremiah, and many others from biblical history. How can Christians not support the land in which many of the faith's great events took place? A fourth principle to consider is that there remains a need to share the gospel with people in Israel. The apostle Paul noted his goal was to preach the gospel to the Jew first, then to the Gentiles. That's found in Romans 1 verse 16. The early church began on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, where Joe is today. From its founding, the church quickly spread to the surrounding areas of Israel, including locations in Judea. Acts chapter 8 verse 1 notes the persecution sending early believers throughout Judea and Samaria, fulfilling the promise of Acts 1.8 that tells us you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. If you look at Acts 9.31, there were churches throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. Shortly after the time, Paul converted to Christianity within only about three years of the resurrection of Jesus. Still today, many millions of Jews live in Israel who have yet to accept Jesus as the Messiah. Christians are called to care for the people of Israel, offering the hope of the Messiah to those willing to listen. And then a fifth principle is that Jesus promised to return to the land of Israel. We talk much about this on our program, but Jesus promised to return one day. And Revelation 16, 16 notes the location of his second coming as Armageddon, another location Joe visited just this week during his time in Israel. It's a place where Jesus will defeat his enemies. And following this battle, Revelation 20 predicts Jesus will reign from Jerusalem. If Jesus will one day return to Israel, should believers not stand faithful to the land and its people today? Of course, biblical support for Israel does not mean we support every action taking place within the nation, uh, but there is overwhelming evidence of the Bible indicating Christians should care deeply both for the land of Israel as well as the Jewish people. In a time when anti Semitism and animosity toward Israel continues to grow, Christians can offer a unique aspect of support for Israel. The support may face resistance or even persecution, yet stands faithful to our biblical principles and heritage as followers of Jesus Christ. I think of President Trump's recent support of the executive order to end anti-Semitism on college campuses as a great example. It takes the 1964 Civil Rights Act and applies it to anti-Semitic discrimination, Both the Department of Justice and the Department of Education will now be responsible for implementing anti-Semitic laws as a result. We can continue to expect that there will be opposition or persecution of various kinds toward the Jewish people and toward Israel in our days and beyond. But we also need to continue to recognize what the Bible says about the importance of the land of Israel and about the Jewish people and do our part in viewing Israel as a part of God's plan both now and in the future that we can support You know, as we conclude our program today, one of the things we may want to reflect upon is some of the hardship that the Jewish people have endured over the years. Many have forgotten the atrocities of the Holocaust during World War II, and I thought it would be appropriate to share a reminder of this through the creed of a Holocaust survivor. This is a poem from Alexander Kimmel, a Holocaust survivor, regarding his experiences during that time. Do I want to remember the peaceful ghetto before the raid, children shaking like leaves in the wind, mothers searching for a piece of bread, shadows on swollen legs moving with fear? No, I don't want to remember, but how can I forget? Do I want to remember the creation of hell, the shouts of the raiders enjoying the hunt, cries of the wounded begging for life, faces of mothers carved with pain, hiding children dripping with fear? No, I don't want to remember, but how can I forget? Do I want to remember my fearful return? Families vanished in the midst of the day? The mass grave streaming with vapor of blood? Mothers screaming for children in vain? The pain of the ghetto cuts like a knife? No, I don't want to remember, but how can I forget? Do I want to remember the wailing of the night? The doors kicked ajar, ripped feathers floating the air? the night scented with snow-melting blood, while the compassionate moon is showing the way for the faceless shadow searching for kin. No, I don't want to remember, but I cannot forget. Do I want to remember this world upside down where the departed are blessed with an instant death, while the living condemned to a short, wretched life and a long, torturous journey into unnamed place? converting living souls into ashes and gas. No, I have to remember and never let you forget. Psalm two six teaches us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In addition, 1 Timothy 2 instructs us to pray for our governing leaders, and we want to encourage you to join us in praying in both of these areas. You can receive more information by joining us at Iamawatchman.com. That's Iamawatchman.com. You can also download a copy of today's program and share it with others who would appreciate this message. We'd also enjoy hearing from you. Share a comment or message today on our website or any of our social sites at iamawatchman.com and we'll be glad to talk with you more. Thanks again for listening today on A View from the Wall.
1: A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip Watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit Iamawatchman.com. A view from the wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at Iamawatchman.com and click on the donate button. Thanks for listening and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.